Welcome to the fifth episode of Your Time on the Run, the Hunting Podcast from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Armstrong, and joining me as always is my fellow Brit, who's a first-class tosspot because he listens to podcasts, Anthony Williams. Hello, got any Jeff Cakes? And the lady who refuses to play any games with her children, except who wants to be sprayed by the hose again, Michelle Pistenovan. <laughs> it's a bit chilly for a hose today. It's not. It's three degrees in Amsterdam, but you cannot complain. <laughs> I'm sorry? 14 degrees in Sydney in autumn is is not warm i think it was the coldest march day today in 10 years michelle you have to bear in mind when i last was listening to your podcast it was 26 degrees in texas i'm now in amsterdam for allegedly the vista mall finale which got cancelled Arg. um so yeah went for a run this morning and it was three degrees and i am wrapped up it's freezing outside Right. Well, you didn't have to go to Texas and then gallivant off to a European destination. You didn't, didn't have to go for a run this morning. I didn't have to, but I was doing it for the love of the podcast. There's a difference. <laughs> How else is he going to spread this virus? <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. I have to basically be patient zero of coronavirus. I need to spread it along consonants. That's how this works. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Oh, and after last week's effort, I thought I probably uh, should step back in and make sure that uh, this is actually done properly this week. Yeah, whatever. Oh, really? We were sounding very chilled last week. <laughs> I played it back. It was like we were talking in a lounge room, like with glasses of wine, just like at 11 p.m. at night. <laughs> it was. It was cool. It was a little bit less antagonistic than normal, I'll be honest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is why I'm back. To increase the anger of the podcast again. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) So, 16 days ago, 10 ordinary people went on the run with the clothes on their backs. Three have been caught, seven are still at large. Last week, Dan and Hayley met up with their dog, and Hayley's dad covered for them. HQ got a tip off about Brummy Dan's location, and the last episode ended with them bursting in as he ran across the fields behind the house he was hiding in. I beg to differ that Hayley is an ordinary person. (laughs) It was a very good week for our love of Dan and Haley. <laughs> oh boy, was it? Yes. Because they are both insane. Yes. And in the process of running after Brummy Dan, bins get kicked and two hunter teams pursue, and they can literally see him, but none of them can catch him. Because as you speculated last week, he might be a superhero. He has power of speed. He's he's like the flash of mm. Hunter. He's so fast. <laughs> he really is. And Sherlock gets bleeped even at nine PM. When he says fuck. Know, what was that all about? I don't know, because literally, like, three or four minutes later, he said it again, and it wasn't bleeped. Oh, really weird. I feel like that's happened before as well, and we couldn't figure it out. It's not happened this series, definitely. I think it's happened in a previous series, and we were speculating that it was something like it had to be before 9.30, but you're right, it's like two minutes later he says it again. So Yeah, it was about three or four minutes later. I know it was like two minutes past nine that he, he did drop an F-bomb, but... It was about two or three minutes later that he uh, he swore again, and that wasn't bleeped. Bizarre. It was really interesting. <laughs> Very strange. And he is not a happy bunny that Dan keeps being able to outrun them. Uh, but they, they should have known. All they had to do was stay still, because they said he went left, left, left. So surely that puts him back where he started. So they would have found him. Yeah, he just needs to go one more, and then he'll uh, he'll sneak back into the house. <laughs> exactly. God, these, these hunters, they've got no idea, have they? Uh, even though the game is so rigged for them... They still uh, can't win. No, crazy. Uh, hopeless. Oh, God. I'm, I'm still as angry as I was when I put that post on Facebook a couple of days ago. <laughs> I, I couldn't resist. I not going to talk to them anymore. 
I was trying not to engage, but the sheer idiocy of 90 posts every episode going, the show's so rigged, I can't believe anyone's still watching it. Oh, the the show's so rigged against everyone, even though I'm still watching and still bitching about it. It's like, sod off, let the people who want to watch it watch it, and go watch something else. We really should write a list of these people from week one, complain, oh, I'm not watching it anymore, and check out if they post in week two. And if they do... Just copy and paste the week one and say, what are you doing still here? You're not allowed. You're not allowed to watch anymore. Sorry. You're banned. <laughs> exactly. Get off the page. Get off the group. We don't want to listen to you anymore. And Dan can hear Mark talking on the phone to HQ. He's nervous to put his head back up. And the hunters ask a guy with a shoe new whether he's seen Dan. And he's already my favourite because all we hear of him is him going, no, no. <laughs> now go away. Leave me alone. Carl foreshadows everything by saying he'll be very unlucky to be seen by us and then, you know, he gets seen by them <laughs> Dan makes a run for it over some fields and gets spotted by Mark and Carl again he's not spotted them yet though he runs again, but this time Mark screams at him as seems to be his recurring motif this series of just stay where you are, give up like, don't make me run, don't make me run <laughs> his time's <laughs> over mate time's over, but his time in the run is actually over this time I loved it. There was a little um, flick back to HQ and Helen was like, oh, shit. Like, as if she was just about to crack open the biscuits or make a tea or something. It's like, we've got a side tea. She's like, oh, shit. Oh. Uh, she was just about to crack open the Jaffa cakes and then, yeah. uh, then realised. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, not not a shock that Brummy Dan got caught, I'll be honest. Well, not from how the episode started. Uh, you could tell from the, the moment this week started that was going to happen, but I, I had some really good vibes from him last week. I thought that there was a chance that he might evade them. There's only so many times you can literally run away from the hunters. Yeah, and I mean, I think we kind of got the vibe that he would probably be the next one to get caught, if anyone. Mm, yeah, maybe. But it does set up a recurring motif for this series of starting every episode with a capture... And when we speculated earlier in the series about why they keep giving you a specific number of days, it seems to be the number of days that um, the person who's about to get caught is on the run for. Yeah, that would make sense from what happens later in the episode. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right on that. I think they pretty much confirm it um, later in the episode, actually, which is fun. Yeah, because we get almost exact timelines on the, uh, the others, don't we, later on? Mm-hmm. And yeah, Sherlock drops another F1 when he calls uh, Mark and Carl fucking beauties. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I swear, this uh, they never used to do this. I think they just put the swearing in because they know it annoys you, you now, Michelle. Yeah, that's right. It annoys me because <laughs> if they took the swearing out, this could be on at 8 o'clock and my kids could watch. Just imagine that you're Michelle and just let your kids know about swearing. It's easy. <laughs> they don't know about swearing. Do not say that because that is not true. But what about the iconic Michelle Pierce-Denevin quote of shut up, you little shits? <laughs> uh, but, but no, that's never happened, Mike. Shut up, you little shits. Get back in the cage. <laughs> that sounds very Aussie. <laughs> well, yeah, that's kind of the point, Michelle. I know, but you know what? It's never happened, so... <laughs> Sorry, love. And Dan says that it was the third time lucky, third time lucky, and he's knackered and Sherlock says he's been bloody hard to catch. Yeah, because he keeps running off. And then he moves on to Ella and Jess. So on day 15, they had suspicious ANPR hits heading southeast. And the girls are coming out and want a shower and a bed. Rob and Ben were last seen on the 11th, which was day 18 in Banbury, going west out of the town. And they're having Jaffa cakes to celebrate. And it's like having a little child. And I'm wondering whether you spotted something very suspicious about that scene. 
Oh, no. I was too busy focusing on the Jaffa Cakes and the fact that I've forgotten her name, but the hunter kept saying Leo Minster. Not Leo Minster. You're not Steve Hersey. You don't get to mispronounce things. I think you'll find it's Dr. Steve Hersey's assistant to the genius. <laughs> oh, yes. I think that this scene of them cycling was actually a Franken edit because Rob changes clothes halfway through it. Oh, well spotted. He puts, oh, really? He, yeah, he put some uh, some leggings on when they've stopped for Jaffa Cakes, but he wasn't wearing them when they were on the bikes. Ah. It did look like it was footage from a previous episode when they were leaving somewhere, and then it cut straight to them arriving somewhere, so they could be completely different days, couldn't they? I didn't spot this until I was going through to find the banner, but yeah, I think that that was from two different days, or two different bits of the same day, probably. Mm. I'm just so confused as to why we haven't seen anything of them, and they're still going. They must have really gone to ground, and has there been a team that's got to the last episode without us knowing really anything about them? It's the uh, Stephen and Martin and Joe and Dan principle. They are a pair of guys who are so off the radar for the Hunters that there is literally no footage to show of them without making the Hunters look incredibly incompetent. And as people keep bitching about on Facebook, they're trying to at least make the Hunters look competent, probably because, spoilers for the end of this episode, I suspect we're having four winners this year. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, looks that way. So after last year where HQ were the winners, and I'm not going to get back into that argument again, but after last year where HQ were the winners, they need to at least make HQ look competent because I think they're only going to have a 60% success rate this year. Mm -hmm. So that the other boot can drop next week and we can go, oh, actually, these guys aren't as good as you thought because four people share the prize money. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. If the Hunters have got nothing on them, there's nothing to show, is there? There's no point just showing random scenes of Rob and Ben, even though they are actually peppering them through the episode so we don't forget about them, which was the classic tattoo they did with Joe and Dan before they won. Mm-hmm. But there's no point really showing loads of Rob and Ben because the Hunters aren't anywhere near them. The closest the Hunters like, have got is when they were doing the Xbox Live thing and that was you know, part of the rules that they had to kind of do that. Yeah. yeah, and it's nothing to do with there's no point. It's just that there's no footage. There's nothing. like They're, they're, they're not running after them. There's, they're not even anywhere near these people. I, no, I'd like to know where they've been the whole time. How yeah. are we ever going to find this out? The only reason to show these guys is if the hunters are right behind them and there is a consequence to showing them. Yeah. The hunters are not right behind them, so there's no consequence. Mm. And in fact, my theory about Rob being the one at the Liverpool parade is apparently true because he confirmed it on Twitter this week that he was the one at the Liverpool parade, but the hunters were nowhere near him, so they didn't show the footage. Mm, even though they were at the parade, weren't they? Yeah, even though that was like day eight. Mm, but they obviously got literally nowhere near, not even to show that they were at the same event. That's pretty bad, isn't it? Mm. By showing Rob and Ben so much, they would just be showing the hunters as incompetent and... As much as I loathe to agree with the people who are bitching all the time on social media, they don't need to show the Hunters being incompetent if the end of the series has the payoff of people getting away. Yeah. Mm. And Haley and Dan have been staying in and around Wigan. Hattie correctly suspects that Haley's dad being shady was an opportunity for them to see the dog. And Dan says they pulled off the heist of the century and that he's proud of Haley for pulling off the plan. I love that while they're talking about the dog, it cuts to Helen and says, have we got any more leads? Oh, but um, <laughs> and they are hiding out at another friend's house. 
she says that Haley's mum and dad were interviewed two minutes after her dad came home from the dog drop-off. And Haley's colleague, Andrea, is driving them out of the area. And she's taking them to a caravan that she owns in Flukeberg, which does sound like a German town name, in the Lake District. Yeah, I'm not convinced that's pronounced correctly either. I'm sure someone will tell us I would strongly suspect it's Flukeberg. Given that we love pointing out the HQ mispronunciations, Flukeberg is now going to be actually how it's nicknamed. <laughs> Why haven't you two searched for this to find out? I have. And you still didn't find anything? I couldn't find conclusive evidence. The only site that offered a pronunciation was clearly an American site, and it did say, Flukeberg! I don't think so. <laughs> and Dan says that if the hunters realise they're in the lakes, they will look at caravan sites, but they are smart enough to stay at a compound for caravans. Oh, yeah. They're taking piss out at hunters. Taking piss? Taking piss out at hunters. That's brilliant. Oh, I, lo- <laughs> I love these two so much. Can we have a spin-off series? Can we have Dan and Haley on Gogglebox, please? That would just be phenomenal. Or Left Field Choice, Race Across the World, Series 3. Oh, that would be beautiful. Oh, gosh, imagine. It would be so good. I have actually watched the premiere now, by the way. Oh, it's really good. Yeah, it was really good. But also, if there's ever a pub quiz in Wigan and they're in it, I'm going in for that. That that could be the time <laughs> we actually win a quiz, Michael. <laughs> oh, my gosh, please do that, because you you they have no chance. They are literally the worst quizzes I've ever seen. <laughs> no, oh my God. But before that, before that, they play I Spy. So we're beginning with P. Surely it's a pie. I'm not playing. I'm not playing. P. Peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> he just played. They're the worst quizzes that Ant has ever seen, and he's seen himself. Exactly. That's how bad they are. Are we going to talk about the answers? Oh yeah. Please? Oh, we're we're getting there. Get Michelle. to that, will you? Okay, good. We need to talk about the answers because this entire Dan and Haley episode, because it was a Dan and Haley episode, let's be honest, was divine. It's everything I wanted from them and more. <laughs> and if, like those people on Facebook, you actually wanted them to get caught after this, you have no heart because oh, no. this was wonderful. <laughs> Beautiful sequence. So HQ try network analysis. They identify Andrea and put her on monitoring. But how did they find her so quickly? It wasn't like there was two days of investigation that they cut out because it would be boring as all shit to actually put on TV and they only have 288 minutes in a series. (laughs) Do you know what one year they should just put out? The entire unedited footage. People would complain it's so boring. We just have six hours of hunters going, nope, wasn't them. Next. (laughs) Anyone want a coffee? Doug's getting around in. Colin, do you fancy rustling something up from the campfire trailer? And Dan says that they've got cabin fever because they can't go out of the caravan, and he refuses to play I Spy with her. I'm not playing! Peanuts! And then HQ get an AMPR hit for Andrew's car going towards Kendall, and then get cell site data pinning her to Flugberg, and identify a caravan park. And Sherlock asks for as many CCTV requests as is possible in the area. And now we get to the best scene of the entire series, because they, <laughs> I think, are playing Trivial Pursuit or something similar. They are, but I have, I have one minor issue with whoever wrote the first question. Who painted the roof of the Sistine Chapel? Yes. I don't think it was the roof, was it? It was the ceiling. That's a fairly substantially <laughs> different thing. No, nobody's climbing <laughs> up outside on the tiles painting. That doesn't happen. Yeah, but also it wasn't Bill Gates. Wasn't it? Oh, really? Wasn't it painted, like, this century? I mean, last century? Oh, no, it wasn't It wasn't Bill Gates. It was the guy who invented the light bulb, wasn't it? 
Yeah, and I, I know my, my quizzing prowess precedes me on this, i.e. being a massive loser when it comes to quiz shows. But I'm pretty sure Michelangelo did not invent the light bulb or electricity. He did have a prototype for a helicopter. Yeah, he did. Also, Bjork is not Swedish. She's Icelandic. <laughs> Nor is she called Bjork. Sorry, Bjork. Bjork is, is Icelandic, not Swedish. <laughs> I love how Dad just kept saying, Bjork? What are you saying? <laughs> really? <laughs> but then there's a payoff for this scene when she actually fluke guesses, fluke bird guesses, I guess, uh, who Beethoven is. He can't believe it, can he? I was seriously expecting him to go, no, what, the dog? I think she was only going to choose between Mozart and Beethoven anyway. But having Cameron Diaz be Norma Jane, that's gold. Yeah, I didn't write that one down. Oh, my Lord. I thought, oh, she'll get this one. No. Definitely invited to the RTV Warriors trivia night anytime. Open invite. I'm quite surprised we've not heard from Dan and Haley actually, because we've given them a lot of love of this series. Yeah, I'm, I'm being very surprised. If, you, if they're listening, please get in touch, because you're lovely, and we, we think you're ace. We obviously absolutely adore you. You are definitely our faves. We've made no secret about that. So you better bloody win. Well, we'll get to that at the end, <laughs> because I've already told Ant my theory. Mm-hmm. So Sherlock uses a burner phone to text Andrea to try and get her to lead them to the fugitives. And he gets a text back asking what Andrea's dogs are called. And they guess from social media that it's Buddy and Bella. And they are correct. But why would she ask such an easy question? Well, we get the payoff that she knew it wasn't them. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. But why would she ask it? Why didn't she ask something like, um, what's her favourite bar? Because if she knew that it was the Hunters, she wanted to make it reasonably easy so that they would get tricked. You think you think she's that clever? You think she's double bluffing? I guessing yeah, them? I do. Because eventually, towards the end of the episode, they do actually approach her at a caravan park and realise that she's been playing them. So she obviously knew straight away. Well, if, if that's true. Did I miss something? Or was there no setup to this text? It just cut to a shot of a phone on a desk with them having texted her. Oh, yeah, there's absolutely no um, there's no rhyme or reason yeah. as to why HQ have got a burner phone to use for this sort of stuff. It just came out of nowhere. There wasn't even, you know, you'd expect a, a sentence lead up of, why don't we try the burner phone and text her? There was nothing. It was just, oh, I hope this works. And you kind of had to work out what was going on. It's a very odd edit. This is the sort of thing where we need to see Sherlock say, Doug, can you go down to, uh, to Tesco and get me a Vodafone sim, please? <laughs> yes. Take it out of petty cash. This is why we need all 25 days of footage, please. I appreciate there are only three people on the planet that would watch it, but that's fine. Actually, it's four. Steve, Stephen would watch it as well, Yeah, it's he? essentially the Big Brother live feeds, but for Hunted. Yes, I would I would pay premium for that, Channel 4. You can just imagine all the jokes from HQ that are cut out, and, um, oh. and they would have to be so careful if they were live feeds. Brilliant. That's what we need. So near Newbury, Ella and Jess are dropped off by a van driver called Kelvin. They've been camping for 16 days and they've only had one hot meal, which was in the pub, and that was a shambles, and not slept in any beds. They get some backstory because we're reminded that they've been together since they were 16, and Anjali says that one of their neighbours has had an incoming call, and that number then rang Kelvin. And HQ decides to make as much noise in Newbury as possible to try and spook Ellen and Jess. Two hunter teams, which is Nick, Kayam, Danny and Jordan, hand out posters and knock on doors. They then reach out to Ella's mum's best friend, Sarah, so they're not contacting Derek's associates. They split up so that Jess can go and meet Sarah, and it's got to be Jess because she's the only one who can wear the wig. I like that. That's a good selection criteria. 
That wig was quite good. It doesn't. It wasn't too bad. Like when she first put it on, you could tell the hair was fake. But when she put them round her face, the half of it on each side, it didn't look too bad. And Sarah gives them sixty pounds and says that Newbury's a no go, and she sends Jess off to the gate at the back of the salon. And the network keeps making noise like snitches get stitches, and it's basically all because of Nicolarella's mum, who is at the centre of the noise which their contacts are making. And then Nick. How and- good is that? I love that. <laughs> Nicolarella's mum contacted us before she was even really a proper part of the episodes. And now we actually get the payoff of, you know, slightly knowing Nicolarella's mum. And Nick and Kayam are sent to talk to Sarah. And Helen doesn't care if anyone's hair turns green, which is such a fun line. I really like Helen. She's a good character. She's also very active on social media. Far more active than all other hunters are. Because she's in the um, she's in the Facebook group as well. Oh, she hasn't spotted that. She liked my post a couple of days ago. How many hunters are in the Facebook group? There's at least three that I'm aware of. Is that like the official group or is that someone has set up that fan page like I do with Australian No, someone, someone say it. Okay. Yeah. There's at least four, actually. Cause oh, Hel- which is the best one? Well, Helen's definitely in there. Steve liked my post, um, Grand Hunter Steve as well. Um, Colin has definitely been pretty active in that group as well, as is his mum. And I think Julie's in there as well. I don't know whether there's any other hunters lurking in there that I've just not spotted, but they're definitely the four I know of. Well, there's definitely hunters lurking. <laughs> it's kind of what they do. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And Sarah gives Jess a contact, which is John, to help them plan their next move and a safe house for the night. And Sarah is the best liar we have ever seen on this show. She is so good. Very good. She makes the eye contact. She is fine. She knows exactly what to do to try and convince them. Sadly for her, they already know she's lying. But she knows exactly what to do to lie to those hunters. Do you think they really knew that she was lying or just saying the lie? No, because um, she said to them that um, she hadn't had any contact with Nicola or anyone. Mm. And they'd already seen that she had had contact with Nicola. Oh, she had, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they knew she was lying, but also she was a very good liar. Yeah, she was great. And gives them nothing. Just just say, I've had no contact, and then they've got nothing to go with, have they? And Mark and Michelle are in a covert vehicle, keeping an eye on Andrea. And it's very interesting to point out that Mark and Michelle aren't normally paired together. It's normally Mark and Carl. Mm. Yeah. And Sherlock moves Steve and Lucy into the area too. And then Dan and Haley hear movement outside. Dan goes to investigate, and Haley. Feels a bit edgy. Trust your gut again, Haley. Uh, Haley's intuition is fantastic. We've learned in the past couple of episodes, Dan may be enthusiastic, but Haley's probably going to get them to the end. Mm. She's just got, is it a second sense? Is that, is that the phrase? Second sense? Some kind of sense. She's got some kind of sense. I'm really wondering how it would sound if Haley was in the sixth sense. Michelle, do you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just couldn't. Like, even when you're talking about it now, I can see it walking up the hill saying, oh. we have a sixth sense. We have a sense oh. anyway. And I'm like, oh. what? All I want is you to say, I see dead people as Haley, please. Do it in the Wigan accent, Michelle, please. We didn't have any Wigan last week and I want some this week. I don't know how it goes. It's like, ah, see. And then I don't know how to do anything else. And dead. can you give her an example, please? I'll give it a go. I see dead people. Oh, that sounds like someone from the Beatles. <laughs> well, Wigan isn't a million miles from Liverpool. It sounds like a Liverpoolian. <laughs> anyway, Michelle, go on. Equity, uh, 
I don't know. I don't know. I can't. Go on, do it. I can't just do an accent. Well, you can't do the accent even with practice. That's kind of what we've established. Say it again. Say it again, Anthony. Oh, I can't do it again. <laughs> you can. Do it again. I see dead people. I see dead people. <laughs> Sounds American. <laughs> I see dead people, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> and for the second time in two episodes, I'm going to do this this accent because you sounded a little bit like Daniel Craig in Knives Out. <laughs> I suspect foul play. <laughs> there has been a murder. Can I talk about the hunter's car? No. For the first time that I have, I don't know why I haven't noticed this before, but there are three seats in the front seat with the seat belt. I was like, what is that? That's I haven't seen that before. What kind of car is that? They're in, in a van that was uh, an un, unmarked van, so they wouldn't spook people with the Volvos. Seeing as though black Volvos are essentially associated with the Hunters now, no matter where you see them. Yeah, someone said on the um, Facebook group, why... Are they sponsored by a different car company and they drive Volvos? That is odd, isn't it? Yeah, I've, I've wondered that for years because they've been sponsored by Jeep for a couple of years now. Sponsoring Adventure on 4. And they get plenty of mentions as well, don't they? People are always talking about the black Volvos. And the wheel spinning. Come on! Something very interesting that we hear about Dan and Haley at this point is that they've been on the run for over three weeks. So we're thinking day 22, 23, really close to the end. I don't think it'll be any later than 23, because day 23 will probably be when they find out the extraction location. Yeah, because they get 36 hours, I think. Right, where did I hear that? Where, why is that popped in my head? Did they say it at the end of the... Did they say it in the next time? It's usually about 36 hours. It's usually between 24 and 48. They said it somewhere. They said it, I remember. Yeah. In the next time trailer, Sherlock says we've got 36 hours to find them. Yes, so I'm assuming that's when they get the extraction point details. And... HQ makes the link between Andrea and Skydive Northwest, and there is a campsite at the southwest corner. But if you were listening earlier in the episode, you'll know they're not on a campsite. So no campsite is a worry. They're not. They're on a storage compound. Although that caravan has definitely visited a haven park, because <laughs> that cuddly elephant, anxious the elephant, brings back very fond memories of taking my kids to haven park. Yeah, you were, um, <laughs> when you were watching the episode at the same time as me, you were going, it's haven. That elephant's from haven. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> I know that elephant anywhere. Obviously, the elephant is a like a type of logo for something, is it? Yeah, there's a there's a, a group of holiday parks in the UK called Haven, and they have like animal show. What are they called? Costumes. They have people in costumes. The elephant is called Anxious. I don't know why. Well, I was very confused about that because in one shot the elephant was there, another shot the elephant wasn't there. I think the still shot somewhere the elephant wasn't there. Then. When the hunters came in, sorry, just to go right to the end, it wasn't there. I'm like, is that her elephant? Has she stuffed it in a backpack? Why has she brought something so large on the run with her? Has it got some sentimental value? What the hell is it with the elephant? But you're right, we do need to talk about the elephant in the room. <laughs> exactly, in the caravan. <laughs> Can that be the ep title? Let's talk about the elephant in the room. Please. <laughs> <laughs> And HQ get a positive sighting for the camera on the other site. And Colin finds out where it is from the sighting at 10.38 a.m. And then Dan and Haley spot the camera and they decide to shut the curtains. But Haley's second sense is to leave. <laughs> and Mark and Michelle open the van they've stayed in, but it's empty. They're walking along a path because obviously it's a decoy. Yes. That wasn't the right caravan. No, by, by the way, it was a completely different caravan. 
because it didn't have an elephant in it. Well, it didn't have an elephant in it. It was also a different colour. Maybe they're slightly colourblind like me. Could be. They didn't make the connection. Unless she took the elephant and put it in her backpack. <laughs> I don't know why she would, but I don't know. I was having continuity issues. I don't understand about the damn elephant. <laughs> and Haley says that you should always go with your second sense. Sorry, sixth sense. <laughs> I see dead people. <laughs> and then we got back to Ella and Jess, who said they can be cleverer than the hunters. And they're in a safe house, which is actually flat. John meets them there. And they want to lure the hunters in and then fuck off. I'm not sure that's that was ever a good idea. Yeah. Hmm. Well, given what we know, that they have to do something reasonably public. This is obviously Ella and Jess's attempt. At that stage, they know that the hunters know where they are. So yeah. they're not actually giving anything away, are they? The hunters know they're in Newbury. They are in Newbury. I suppose their only chance is to convince them they're still in Newbury. But to me, sending that video tells the hunters exactly what the hunters deduce, which is... You're trying to lure us to Newbury. I'm not quite sure how that was ever going to fool them. The hunter's going to go, no way. Look, they've just accidentally posted a video of them in Newbury when we thought they were in Newbury. Let's go to Newbury. (laughs) I think the mistake here is doing it immediately. Hmm. If you trust your getaway driver, Andy, you tell him to wait an hour or so and then post the video. Yeah, that would make sense. It gets you an hour away, number one, which means you can then potentially change cards again and make it harder for the hunters to track you down. But more importantly, it then makes it harder for them to actually work out the point when it was filmed because the metadata on the video won't match the posting time and that sort of stuff. Hmm. Not saying that they won't be able to do it because, you know, these people are allegedly experts, even though the show is incredibly rigged for them, obviously. (laughs) But the whole point of this sort of stuff is, yes, you've got to do something public, but you've also got to make it difficult for the hunters to actually get anything from it. Yeah, I, I don't know. And I think they forgot that. But. Yeah, I think there was a couple of bits they could have done more. I'd, I'd have probably gone 10 miles in one direction, posted the video, and then gone in the opposite direction so that it looked like they were going from Newbury to somewhere, which was the opposite direction or something like that. It didn't feel like filming a video in Newbury when everybody knows that they're in Newbury really adds anything. Yeah. And HQC, the video, Helen calls it audacious to play games with them. She posted at 15.39 and Angeli asked for an IP address. John has arranged with their getaway driver, Ivan, to house them for the night because he lives in the middle of nowhere. And you know who the last person to house someone on hunting in the middle of nowhere was? Who was it, Michelle? I can't remember their name. I'll give you a clue. He was nominated for best NPC. Yeah, I know. What's his name? Blaze. <laughs> there we are. Yeah, thank you. Cabin in the woods. Blazing his murder cabin in the woods. <laughs> and they realise that Andy posted the video and uh, Doug correctly suspects that they may be luring them to Newbury. And then Nick and Kayam are dispatched to keep an eye on Andy. And they see him come back and keep an eye on them with a glass of wine. Oh, and you bless them. They feel they're so comfortable at this stage, aren't they? They've had such a tough and, uh, time and they're like, oh, this is great. Sat in a garden. And oh dear. I don't understand because they said... You can't be too confident. But then they did that. I know, it was, it was pretty much a classic Survivor <laughs> quote, wasn't it? I'm feeling pretty safe right now. Blindside. <laughs> and they left Andy at 15.41, and HQ realised that they can find the phones that are connected to the same cell tower as Andy, and left it around the same time. This can identify their driver. And there's six such numbers, including Ivan's, and they make the connection and get Ivan's address. Two teams, yet again, Nick and Kayam and Danny and Jordan, are dispatched to investigate. The episode ends with Ellen and Jess in Ivan's back garden from the pre-titles as four hunters close in. And I wrote, 
Danny in caps with exclamation mark. Come on. <laughs> I wanted to say come on. So next time, Ellen and Jess run through a forest, Rob and Ben look for a lift, Dan and Haley hide from a Volvo, and a boat arrives in Anglesey, but will anyone board? Mm. Of course, of course. And for the first time in a long while, I can actually read out both descriptions for the next episode. So here's the Channel 4 one. With extraction day closing in, the hunters will stop at nothing for a clean sweep. Ella and Jess seek a new hideout. Ben and Rob split. Haley and Dan take the plunge, literally. And the radio oh, times they're are... the ones that go in the water, are they? Mm, apparently mm. so. But I have a theory on that in a minute. And the Radio Times one, which tends to spoil a lot more, says the fugitives are feeling the pressure as extraction day edges closer, especially as the hunters ramp up their efforts, eager to make a clean sweep. An elaborate scheme brings Ella and Jess to the suburban home of a family friend. But is their hideout safe? Ben and Rob fall out, causing them to split at a crucial time. And Haley and Dan drive straight past the hunters on two occasions, twice. But Dan has his eye on more than just the prize money, as he and Haley take the plunge into a Welsh harbour. And yes, I am fully aware that there is a horrendous grammatical error in that time description. And I thought I'd read it anyway, because it's funny. Did they drive past him four times? (laughs) Yeah, so they drove past him four times. And if you cast your mind back to, I can't remember whether it was episode one or two, I said that there were two things I knew about this series. One was that someone was at the Liverpool Parade, which we're obviously never going to see now. But the other is that Dan and Haley have got engaged mm-hmm. at some point. Mm-hmm. Some point between filming and now. And I think from that Radio Times description, he might propose at the extraction point. That would be so cool. Because people like Dan and Haley, who seem very prolific on social media, I can't imagine that they've not put a proposal shot up somewhere. It will have been something elaborate. They've not put anything up on social media about the proposal, which makes me think mm-hmm. that they've not been allowed to because it's probably at the port in Anglesey. And the last sentence of the Radio Times one there is, but Dan has his eye on more than just the prize money. So I think he's bought a ring. I think he's brought a ring on the road with him. You're very good, mate. This is good. So if he proposes next week, I am basically the greatest. (laughs) (laughs) Just going to humble brag. Like, like we both praised you then, but that's not enough, is it? It's seriously not enough. Take it back, Anthony. Take it back. Yeah. No, you can't take it back now. Sorry. (laughs) I take the praise stakes. Very good, OSINT. Very good. Yeah. I, I think. I'm reading into that, obviously, and if he doesn't propose, I'm going to look like a bell end next week. But I think, given that we know that he proposed at some point and that it is not on social media, which seems very atypical for them, especially as it's a big life event and Luna has her own Instagram, I can't imagine Are that. you sure? Are you I, sure? Have you looked back through both of their yes. Instagrams since they finished to now? Yes. Wow. Okay. I did look this up on Thursday night. Being wow. me. I can't see a proposal picture in there. If there is one and I've missed it, then I'm just an idiot. But if he did it at home, Luna would have been involved and there would have been a picture on Luna's Instagram. Oh, 100%. Definitely. There would have been documentation if, somewhere. The ring would have been on Luna's collar. If he did it abroad, then there would have been lots of pictures on both his Instagram and her Instagram, I suspect. And the fact that there, that we know they got engaged and there is no trace of it suggests that it was unhunted to me. Especially when you read that sentence. Love it. Love it. So, I think you guys probably agree, but Dan and Haley are getting away. Uh, yep. And probably getting right. engaged. Um, and I think that Rob and Ben are also getting away. Yeah. 
And I think that Ella and Jess are probably going to get caught at the start of the next episode. Yep. Yes, correct. 100%. Which will mean we'll actually see a bit of Rob and Ben next week, because literally it's them or Dan and Haley, and we can't have 90% Dan and Haley in an episode again. No, there'll have to be some suspense. And we would ne- we didn't even say that at the beginning. I said I think I saw them getting caught really early on. Yeah, I think you did. Yeah, I, I, I was with you. I had faith. You did I was, not. I did. I said that they wouldn't get caught. Really? I, yeah, I said that they would be a Joe and Dan again. I had Joe and Dan vibes from them. I was the only one who actually had faith. So, so in a series where I'm actually unspoiled, I may have guessed both winners in week one, which is great. Wow. So have you got anything else to say? No, I really, really enjoyed this episode. So did I. So much fun. It was a very, very fun episode. And I think we're going to get a great final. Yeah, I think so too. It's interesting that they confirmed in the next time trailer where the extraction point is, because they've never done that before. No. I mean, it was the worst kept secret ever that it was in Anglesey, because I think Helen actually posted on Facebook or Twitter about it being in Anglesey, like when it was filming. I think that tweet is still up. So everyone knew it was Anglesey that um, that the extraction point was going to be. But it's very interesting that they're actually confirming it this time. Yeah, I don't, I don't see why they would need to do that. Because they went to Great Lens last year of hiding that it was in Birmingham. Mm. Mm. To the point of actively denying it, I think, until all the descriptions came out. But I think more than any time we've ever watched it, I think we are absolutely nailed on with what's going to happen next week. I think so, too. I think your time on the run, the unofficial, official hunted podcast from Reality TV Warriors, <laughs> is probably going to get another clean sweep ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> So, thank you for listening to our Hunted Recap. We'll be back at the same time next week for the final episode. Don't forget, you can contact us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, where we are, RTV Warriors. Or you can email us at contact at rtvwarriors.com. Anthony's on Twitter at Bullsboy. Michelle's on Twitter at Bear3323323. And I am MJ Hofstone. Can I just point out, Ant's Bear3323323 last week was much better than mine always is. Yes, it was. It was. You stumble over your threes. That was like my favourite takeaway of the entire episode, listening back last week. I sent Ant a message last week just going, your Michelle's Twitter was great. See you next week. But with that, your time on the run is over. Bye. Excuse me, you haven't seen a chap running around, have you? No.